0: Welcome to One Life Online, the podcast that brings you the weekly sermons at One Life Church Kampala. In this episode, we listen to a sermon from Genesis chapter 41, titled, Lessons from the Life of Joseph, presented by Herbert Kabogoza. As you listen to this message, may the Lord speak to you through his word, by his spirit, and cause you to walk according to His will, by His grace.
1: This morning, uh, we are going to to glean from Genesis um, chapter 41. Uh, We want to draw some lessons from the life of a godly man Um, in Genesis 41. I will read quickly through the text. Um, Genesis 41. When two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing by the Nile when out of the river there came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other cows, ugly and gout, came up out of the Nile and stood beside those on the riverbank. And the cows that were ugly and gout ate up the seven sleek, fat cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep again and a second time a second uh, he fell asleep again and had a second dream seven heads of grain healthy and good were growing on a single stalk after them seven other heads of grain sprouted thin and scorched by the east wind the thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven healthy full of heads then pharaoh woke up. It had been a dream. I'll just take us slowly. The chapter begins and we are told when two full years had passed. two full years of what? Past after what? So you have to run back and find out what is these two full years about? You know, what had happened after these two full years? And we are gleaning from this text lessons about a godly man this godly man was joseph in the text as we proceed to read who was joseph joseph was one of the 12 sons of jacob born to his father in his old age the favored of the twelve at age 17 he got uh, dreams he told them to his family his brothers hated him for that they plotted to kill him but instead they threw him into a pit and later sold him to some ishmaelites who took him to egypt potiphar An Egyptian bought him from these Ishmaelites and took him into his house. God was with Joseph and he prospered him. He lived in the house of his master. He found favor in the eyes of his master. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and entrusted him with everything. He didn't need to care about anything. But it was during that time that Joseph's convictions as he served Potiphar were tested, even the more. He passed the test. He chose not to sin against his God. That cost him something. He ended up in prison. He was put there by his master. And while in jail, God was with him He found two other guys in that jail, a cup-bearer and a baker, who had also been imprisoned in the same jail by the king of Egypt. And one good morning for him, he saw his friends, they didn't look happy, he inquired why they were sad. They told him they had had dreams and there was no one to interpret them. Joseph told them, "Well." God is the, the one who gives interpretations. He gave a favorable interpretation for the cupbearer, who was one of the guys in the jail, and told him, hey, remember me when things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of here. For I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews and even here I have done nothing to deserve being in a dungeon. He pleaded with this jailer. So chapter 41 of Genesis brings us forward, tells us something about what had happened. When two full years had passed, So Joseph, this godly man, was waiting in jail. Not rotting, but waiting. Very uncomfortable place to be. But God was at work in his life, developing character in him. But that was in the beginning of God being at work in Joseph's life from what I've already shared. He had been at work probably way before Joseph even got to know that God was at work in his life. When you read the previous chapters of Genesis, Joseph was the favored child of Jacob, as I shared, and when he was little, his father Jacob had cheated his brother and run off. And then at some point, he's coming back to meet his brother. And he's afraid of what his brother would do to him. I don't know how old Joseph was at that point. But the story goes that his father divided his family into two groups he put the not so favored wife in the front with some flocks and the favored wife in the back and he's thinking if my brother attacks the first group i'll probably escape with my favored wife i imagine in my mind joseph if he wasn't too young he was probably watching what was going on and what happened actually Esau, Joseph's uncle, forgave Jacob. I imagine that Joseph was watching and he learned something from that. So he's in jail for two years waiting That's how God developed his character. I'm reminded of James chapter one, verse two and four. Consider it pure joy, brothers, my brothers, whenever you go through trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Was it easy for Joseph to wait for two years in jail for something he didn't do? Absolutely not. But God was at work in him, building him up into a godly man. Joseph also grew in waiting. He desperately wanted to get out of that jail. I would have felt the same But I'm reminded again of Psalm 31, 15, my times are in your hands. Deliver me from my enemies and from those who pursue me. It's a reminder that Joseph was not in control of time. He was not in control of his circumstances, but I trust that he learned in those years in jail to trust God and to know That time was in God's hands and not his. How about us? I know that when it comes to waiting, I personally struggle. I don't know about you, but we live in an instant world, or at least it's becoming instant. I see instant coffee, instant porridge, instant this and instant that. And so we are trained not to wait. We are trained to be impatient. As I walk around our city, I see that playing out in different ways. Sometimes the traffic jam that we are stuck in is simply because we are impatient. Everyone wants to go, and in the end, nobody goes. We are all stuck. So we are challenged in the area of waiting. But that's how mostly God builds character in us, as we learn to wait. Genesis 41, the last part of that verse, it says, Pharaoh had a dream. When two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. Have you ever had a dream? You woke up, a not so nice dream, and then you woke up, and you're comforted. Oh, thank God, it was just a dream. (laughs) Pharaoh had such a dream. He woke up, but for him, his heart was troubled. He was restless. What was the origin of this dream? There are different indicators in the scriptures to show where dreams come from and this where probably this particular dream that fellow had came from. Job 33, 12 uh, to 18, it says, but I tell you, this was Elihu, one of Job's friends. Um, He said, but I tell you, he was responding to whatever his Job's friends had said. He said, but I tell you in this, you are not right. For God is greater than any mortal. Why do you complain to him that he responds to no one's words? For God speaks. Now one way, now another, though no one perceives it, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on people as they slumber in their beds, he may speak in their ears and terrify them with warnings to turn them from wrongdoing and keep them from pride, to preserve them from the pit their lives from perishing by the sword. That's one reference in the scriptures that points me to where possibly Pharaoh's dream came from. But there are other instances in the Bible. In the Old Testament, in Genesis 20, verse 3, God spoke to Abimelech. Abimelech had taken someone's wife, Abraham's wife, and God told him, you are as good as dead he came to him in a dream in genesis 28 and 12 there's another reference where jacob had a dream of heaven a stairway to heaven when he was running uh, from his brother but this particular dream we are told in Genesis 41, 25, the last part. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he's about to do. So we can tell that the dream Pharaoh had came from God. So Pharaoh had tried to find an interpretation by going to his magicians and the wise men of Egypt. Did he get the interpretation as we read further? Let's see. In the morning, verse 8 of Genesis 41, his mind was troubled, so he sent for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. He's troubled. But there's no one to interpret his dreams. What was the origin of the dream? God was the source of the dream. When you read in the previous chapters, um, Genesis 40, verse 8, Joseph had told the cupbearer and his friend, the baker, that interpretations come from God. So verse 9 of Genesis 41, the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, today I am reminded of my shortcomings. Today I'm reminded of my shortcomings. Finally, after two years of being in jail, the cupbearer who was asked by Joseph to remember him remembered his shortcomings. He had forgotten Joseph. He didn't remember him when things went well for him. What do we learn as we live and pursue godliness? We will not be spared from the shortcomings of those around us. We live in times when there are so many teachings, teachings that include when you're godly, everything goes well for you. Nothing will go wrong with you. We even pray certain scriptures. I remember during COVID, one of my favorite scriptures was Psalm 91. Hmm? We, We pray the bad things away, that they will not happen. Fortunately or unfortunately, God uses all these things to train us to be godly. We will be forgotten, even by our good friends. A friend of mine used to say, it is a function of the human brain to forget. So, (laughs) the cup bearer forgot Joseph. We will experience some of these things. We will do good things for people and they will forget us. Even when we are godly. Genesis 41 and verse 14. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it, but I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. This was God's moment. But all along as Joseph is in prison, who was responsible for being, keeping him there? Was it accidental? Was it Joseph's brothers? We don't know. Psalm 105, verse 17 to 20. It reads, and he sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a slave. He bruised his feet with shackles. They bruised his feet with shackles. His neck was put in irons, till what he foretold came to pass, till the word of the Lord proved him true. Verse 20, the king sent and released him. The ruler of the people set him free. So was this godly man in jail accidentally? Was it because his brothers, you know, sold him into slavery? From the scriptures, it seems God was behind all this. He knew what would happen. He knew what would happen. Even in this situation, God fulfilled his purposes for this godly man. And the lesson we can draw from this, yes, as we pursue godliness, as we walk with God, our lives are not just about us. They are about the purposes of God. Joseph was in jail, in a dungeon, in a foreign land, not by accident, certainly from the scriptures that I've just read. It was at this moment that everything that God had purposed was beginning to be unveiled. In verse 15 and 16, this is how Joseph responds to Pharaoh after Pharaoh says, I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph responds, I cannot do it, (laughs) Joseph replied to Pharaoh. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Strange, huh? If I were Joseph, I would have said, yes, sir, I do it. I can do it. (laughs) That wasn't Joseph. That was not Joseph. Joseph, as a godly man, he seized the opportunity to glorify God, to give God the glory. He said, God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. We can borrow a leaf from the life of Joseph. What happens when someone says, oh, Herbert, you are so good at this? I jump in and say, oh, yeah, yeah very good at that thank you daniel was another example of a godly man who glor- seized the moment to glorify god in daniel 2 24 28 then daniel went to ariok who daniel was all in a uh, similar situation in a foreign land he says 24. Then Daniel went to Ariok, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon. These guys had failed to interpret King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And they had told him, what you're asking us to do is impossible. (laughs) Only gods can do that and they don't live among men. so the king was furious he said i'm going to kill you when daniel heard of it he said oh no he sent this man he says go tell the king do not execute the wise men of babylon take me to the king and i will interpret his dream for him ariok took daniel to the king at once and said i have found a man among the exiles from Judah who can tell the king what his dreams mean. So the king asked Daniel, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Daniel did the same thing. He seized the moment to give God the glory. Oh, Herbert, you are so good at this. I pray that my response will be, thank you. God has given me that ability and I thank him. In Genesis 41:38 Pharaoh asked them His people, "Can we find anyone like this, like this man in whom is the spirit of God?" The spirit of God indwells a godly man. As we pursue godliness, God delights in that, and he will indwell us. Even the heathen will be able to see. I always wondered how Pharaoh knew that the Spirit of God indwelled in this man. Verse 39, so Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Joseph had had a dream way before. He told it to his brothers. They hated him. He got another dream. He told it to his brothers again and his parents. They hated him even the more. But was this dream about Joseph? It wasn't about him. God proved his word true when Pharaoh finally puts Joseph in charge of the whole land of Egypt, something that his brothers could never have imagined are you saying you are going to rule over us his father said this is crazy my son it's like don't say such things is your mother and i are we going to bow down before you it's coming as we progress in the chapter Genesis 41:55 When all Egypt began to feel the famine the people cried to Pharaoh for food then Pharaoh told all the Egyptians go to Joseph do what he tells you Go to Joseph and do what he tells you. What's becoming of this godly man? God is fulfilling his word which he had given to Joseph as a young man. Where else do we see this phrase being used in the scriptures? In John 2, 5, Jesus is at a wedding in Cana, and this beautiful wedding, they have an incident, they run out of wine. And Jesus' mother tells the servants, to go to Jesus and do whatever he tells them to do. Sounds like what we've just read in Genesis. Go to Joseph and do what he tells you. When the servants took Jesus' mother's words seriously, what happened? They experienced God in a miraculous way. Water was turned into wine. A need was met. The family was saved of a great embarrassment. Weddings, in that context, lasted not just one day like we celebrate in Uganda. (laughs) They lasted for days. It lasted for days. So to run out of wine was a huge embarrassment for the family, or would have been. Jesus saved the moment. Joseph here mirrors the life of Christ to us. You may remember the words in Genesis fifty twenty. if you flip the pages of your Bible forward. Joseph says to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So just as Jesus came and suffered and died to save us from us, Joseph was hated, sold by his brothers, unjustly suffered in Pharaoh's dungeon in Egypt for the sole purpose of saving lives from the severe famine. A godly man goes through trials for purposes that are bigger than just the trials the godly man may be going through. Genesis 41 57 And all the countries came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph, because the famine was severe in the land. All the countries included the country of his origin. And guess who? Was among the people who came to buy grain. Genesis 42, 5 to 6 says So Israel's sons were among those who went to buy, for the famine was in the land of Canaan also. Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the one who sold grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down with their faces to the ground. God was not sleeping, was not slumbering, while Joseph went through all the trials and hardships he went. It was for a purpose. stands on the promises of God no matter the Thank you. I would like us to close in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for teaching us through the life of your servant Joseph what a godly life looks like and how it is developed. It's not always free of pain, but you use whatever trials the godly man or woman may go through to build his character and to mature them. Help us, Lord, to persevere through trials and hardships that we may have to go through. Help us to learn to wait, relying on your promises because they are true. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to God's Word today. Feel free to contact the pastor on phone at 0705-581-369 or send an email to pastor at onelifechurch.ug or follow us on Facebook at One Life Church and subscribe to our YouTube channel at One Life Church Kampala, Uganda. One Life Church is a multicultural community of believers equipped to serve Christ's mission.